Hey, hey, hey! This is your girl, Sada Star, coming to you with another episode of A Day in the Life of the Alpha Woman, the official podcast of the Easy Breezy Life community. Before jumping into today's topic, I want to remind everyone that as much as we love to be knowledgeable and be a blessing into your life, the Easy Breezy Life is truly intended to be a group experience. And we want to encourage you to seek out financial, professional, medical, accounting, legal advice as you see fit. Anything we share on this podcast is purely informational and not intended to replace professional advice. I also want to take this moment to give you an opportunity to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. So now that we got that out of the way, guys, my International Women's Month has been wonderful and wild, okay? So there is a Bible verse that says that there is a season where the harvest will overtake the sower and your girl is being overtaken by the harvest. We're going to put it that way. God is opening up so many doors. He is presenting so many opportunities. Um, Things are coming my way that I have not been seeking out, but God is simply putting me in certain rooms and spaces. And I am so blessed that um, God sees it fit for me to be a vessel, to be a blessing to women in my generation. At the same time, it is incredibly uh, challenging to balance all of those moving pieces with my life and a very complicated home life. So I'm going to put out a prayer request today and say, if you could just say a little prayer for Sada Star, she would really appreciate it because your girl needs prayer. I need grace for wisdom. I need grace to carry the burden that God has put on because he says his yoke is easy and the burden is light, but there's still a burden. Okay. So I need the grace. I need the strength. I need the wisdom and the wherewithal to manage everything that is coming um, my way this season. So I appreciate your prayers. And you should know that I am praying for you too. Every time before I come onto this podcast and open my mouth, I'm like, Lord, please don't let me show up. Please show up for your women, what you need them to hear. So I'm praying that even as you listen to this podcast, that whatever is not for you doesn't impact you, but whatever is for you that you take to heart and that it lands on good soil today. Amen. Amen. So today I want to take a chance to talk a little bit about a heart of service. So I do everything in my life from a place of service. My heart has to be in it. I have to believe in it. I have to understand it. If I can't, if I don't, then I won't. Now that is a double-edged sword. Because on the one hand, anything that I put my hands on, I want to be excellent. I want it to be done well. I want it to be pleasing in God's eyes. On the flip side of that, it can lead to a lot of overextension. Because when you're very passionate about something, there will be many opportunities brought your way to do that thing. 
And it's incumbent upon you and us as alpha women to know when to say no. But I also understand that there are different seasons in everyone's life, right? So before this season that I'm currently in, I was in a season of sitting down. My family was going through a crisis. We had a lot going on. And I felt deeply in my heart that it was a season for sitting and hearing God. But now I'm in a season of running the race. And the race is a marathon and your girl is out of shape. And when I say out of shape, I mean when it comes to being able to manage time, manage responsibilities, manage relationships, out of shape because after sitting for so long, it's like relearning and retooling how to manage competing priorities. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're in a sitting season, girls sit. Think, meditate, pray, praise, eat well, rest, and get lots of sleep because I promise you it is only a season. And this season will pass and there will be a season where you are going to need all the fuel and energy that you have in this season where you look and feel like nothing is going on, but all the work is happening under the surface. So in thinking about my sitting season, which was also a season of trial and tribulation for me, I think about being in the NICU with my son. And I haven't really talked about um, that NICU experience on our podcast, but I want to take some time today to give you guys a little bit more of insight as to how the Easy Breezy Life was actually born. So my husband and I, after four years of marriage, um, were blessed with a twin pregnancy. But that twin pregnancy quickly turned into a nightmare as I spent more time in the emergency room than I spent actually enjoying the pregnancy. And at about 23 weeks, I ended up going into preterm labor. Now, for those of you who have never been pregnant, Viability for life is generally considered 24 weeks. There are children surviving earlier because of modern day science and technological advancements. But in general, viability, it is said, begins at 24 weeks. So going into preterm labor at 23 weeks is generally considered a late term miscarriage, right? It's just at the fifth month. To say that that experience was tragic would be an understatement. It was more than tragic. It was traumatizing. It was life-changing. And it uprooted everything that I believed about faith and life. And I realized at that moment, my husband and I had to make a decision if we believed in the God that we served or if we believed in the report of man. So the night that my water broke, a doctor walked into the hospital room and told us it's game over. Sometimes bad things happen to good people and we don't know why, but this is game over. These babies got to come out or else something's going to happen to you. At this point, I have a fever. I'm trembling on the table at the hospital. Nobody can tell me what in the world was going on. 
However, my husband and I looked at each other and we said, we are going to fight this fight. Our God is going to back us up. So we go into this NICU experience and at the 29th week, tragically, my daughter Sophia passes away. And we were so broken. We were so hurt because we felt like God had let us down. We felt that because we loved and served God, because we tithed, because we prayed, because we served in church, that terrible things should not be happening in our lives. When I look back now, I realize that being a Christian, serving, loving God does not exempt us from the storms, the losses, and all of the trials and tribulation that life has to offer. What it does do is guarantee that when the storms beat on the house, when the rain comes down, when the winds blow, that our foundation is in a solid rock called Christ. And that because of this solid rock, who is Christ, in our heart, in our lives, we have the assurance that we are indeed going to make it to the other side. So here we are on the other side. But I want to say that the other side for me and my family does not look peachy keen. The other side for us with my little son, Manny, is after 11 months of him being in the NICU, it is continual doctor follow-ups. It is continual therapy and early intervention. My son has about 12 doctors, and every time we go to an appointment, I feel like we're adding to the roster. Somebody told me that it was going to decrease. That was a lie. We are 20 months into his life, and I feel like we add more doctors than we take taken away. But God's grace is sufficient, and I thank God for living in a country where there are so many specialists and that I have such excellent insurance coverage that my son has divine provision and is not lacking. Amen. Amen. At the same time, between the doctors, between the therapists, between his caretakers, we now have a whole team of people in our life who we never invited. I also still have a very demanding work life. And the mess there don't change. People are who they were before we had this life circumstance. The only person or circumstance that has truly changed in my situation is my life circumstance. Everybody else is who they were before. And probably still going through their own changes and things. I say that to say that sometimes serving, which was what I call easy breezy life, right? My heart song, my service to God, my service to you, my service to humanity. Sometimes we have to serve from a place of pain. Sometimes we are called to serve when life is not perfect. Sometimes we have to serve in less than ideal circumstances. And I would venture to say that most times we're called to serve in areas of danger and difficulty and the areas of our life that impact and hurt us the most. But I want to take a moment to flash back today to a moment where I didn't understand this concept, to a moment where I was so hurt and so broken in the NICU and had more questions than answers from God at that moment. 
And I will never, ever forget this morning. When this woman, I'm not going to say her name, just rolled into Emmanuel's NICU room. I'm sitting there with my son after church. He has got 30 wires flowing from his body. To say that I felt heavy at that moment would be a true understatement. My spirit felt heavy. My eyes felt heavy from the lack of sleep. And the burden on my shoulders at that very moment, visible and invisible, felt so heavy. Doctors had told us seven times when Emmanuel was in the NICU that he was not going to make it. And we continued to believe in spite of every negative doctor report. But how many of you know that faith and feelings are two separate things? That you can have faith for something and your feelings are saying the exact opposite. And that is when you have to decide whether you're going to believe in faith or feelings. Nonetheless, this woman, a respiratory therapist, whisked into my son's room full of energy that morning. It was like God knew I needed a Red Bull and he sent it through this woman. She was of Cuban descent and was a doctor in her former country but was now a therapist within the same system that my son was hospitalized in. All of a sudden, the woman comes in and starts to talk to me about her faith and the importance of taking care of myself. I think God knew that if he didn't send somebody to remind me to take care of myself, that I wouldn't. She started talking to me about nutrients and how they helped her feel 20 years younger. She talked to me about feeling um, being refreshed and her energy just made me feel revived. Whatever she had, I knew that I wanted it. I needed it. But something about that conversation led me to know that God saw me. He saw my heaviness. He saw my tears. He saw all of my regret. He saw my sorrow. And in the midst of my trouble, he was still there. This is one of the many examples where I saw God use people to build me up in my storm. I learned that when God wants to do something on this earth, he needs and must have the cooperation of people. He needs willing people. He needs serving people. He needs loving people. We are his hands and feet. And if we refuse to use our mouths, hands, and feet to serve him and to do his will, then it won't come down. The kingdom can't come. And so today I want to talk about having a heart of true service, a heart that serves even in the most challenging and difficult of circumstances. So my professional career in higher education has always been divinely orchestrated by God. So I have always felt like I've been fabulous, that I deserve to be on somebody's TV show and somebody's Broadway show somewhere in Hollywood, not in higher education. And so as I saw God 
start driving me into a career in higher education around the age of 21, I was like, what are we doing here? Every time I would go for like a modeling casting call or go for something else, something would happen, it would derail, but somehow the path into higher ed was always open for me, easy for me. And I think it's because wherever God calls or whatever he calls you to, he makes the provision and opens the way for you to thrive in that thing. So my first job in higher ed was like up as a peer mentor. And it came because someone asked me to apply for the job. I never looked for it on my own, but I had a very wonderful counselor at that time who was really nurturing and mentoring me through my academic journey who said, you know, I really think you should consider becoming a mentor. Now, at this time, I was a first-generation immigrant, first-generation college student from Jersey City with a huge chip on her shoulder. So I don't know what he saw in me, but he clearly saw something in me that I did not see in myself. And so as a result, I took this position, and over the course of the next six summer, I served through an educational opportunity program. This program was designed to help students like me, first-generation college students trying to transition into college and figure their way out. Students came through that program from all walks of lives and stories, some more difficult and challenging than others. Some of them were already parents. Some came through the foster care system. But what was amazing about being a part of that program is that it put every single one of us on a career path to success. And more importantly, it put me on a path for a career in service through higher education. And so whatever you're doing, whether that is working in a bank, a hospital, maybe you're, you're, you're working on a manufacturing line, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, we have to remember that what causes God to release the blessing or give the blessing in that space is our heart of service, to do it well, to do it with all our heart and our might. Because that is what God is going to use to promote, increase, elevate, and open up doors for you. I love the work that I do. And it's mostly because someone took a chance on me. And every day I get the privilege and opportunity to take a chance on a young person. Every day I get to sit across a young person who might be struggling, who might be having challenges, And I get to be the bridge over their troubled waters. It is a career grounded in service. And that is why I love it. And I have to say, I've had great role models of service in my life. And it started with my parents. It goes back as far as my grandfather. Every time my father took in a child or struggling relative into our home, he would tell me, I am not doing this because of me. I am doing this for you. Now, I split the middle with my younger brother. And let me tell you something. If you've ever been in a big family, middle children are funny. Middle children, without reading into any stats or data, I can tell you we tend to be a little bit rebellious. We tend to be a little selfish, but it's really not selfish. It's more like self-preservation because somebody's the oldest, somebody's the baby. And where do we fit in? So we tend to be a little louder, a little bit more rambunctious. But for me, 
As a middle child, I could not understand how giving up my bed or sharing my room was going to help me. But my father knew something about seed time and harvest that I wouldn't understand until later in my life. So today, when I walk through storms or I go through situations where I'm feeling pressed down and crushed on every side, I believe that the service of my mother and father speak for me. In turn, I pray that my service at church, my job, my community, and all of those things at work speak for my son. And so every time I choose to leave my son at home and fulfill my God-given assignment, or I choose to help a struggling neighbor, or I pray somewhere for someone, I pray that somebody's doing the same for my baby. I pray that God sees the seeds sown by my husband and I and multiplies them in the life of my child like he did the seeds of my parents for me. We live in very interesting times. We live in a generation of true eye service. Between social media, iPhones, the me generation, Gen Z, and now I sometimes feel like we can serve alongside others, but our hearts are not in the same place. But the good news is, is that God does see our heart. When you serve from a place of purity, when you serve from a place of excellence, when you serve for the greater good and not for recognition, God sees and rewards you. And what I have learned is that very rarely does that reward come from the people we've poured into. So this morning, I woke up feeling a bit down. And I thought about all the people around me who had no idea about the cross that I carry on a daily basis. I thought about how most times people come into my life to add up to my list of things to do rather than help me carry the burdens I already have. But every time I am tempted to go down into that downward spiral of feeling sorry for myself, I get a nudge from the Holy Spirit. And the reminder is, is that this journey, your blessings, the open doors, they are not about you. Get over yourself because there are people on the other side of your testimony who need to hear what you have to say so that they can get free. Focus on the vision and on the assignment. You see, I've had to learn that as I go about doing good, just like Jesus did, and I go about doing what God has laid on my heart, he is going to fight all in every single battle. And let me tell you something. March, I had multiple speaking engagements. I had opportunities to sit on committees. I had things to do at work. My sister's bridal shower happened. And for every good thing that I wanted to do, the enemy had a block or an embargo to keep me from doing it. But I realized that the true faith-filled life is looking obstacles in the face, looking trials and tribulation and bad news in the face and saying, I'm no longer working around you. You're going to have to work around me. And so that is what I want you to know today. You got to be empowered to serve. We cannot proclaim that God fights all of our battles if we refuse to participate in actively supporting his through a life committed to service. Alpha women, I'm a Christian. 
And I have to let you know that something I've learned in my Christian life is that there is a battle out there between good and evil. Some people call it battle between God and the devil. I say that God's already won the battle and the devil's just fighting his last card. But I know that in order for God's kingdom to come down on earth, we must be his hands and feet. And so my life has been dedicated to be God's hands, his feet, his mouthpiece, his bank account, his money, everywhere that I go. And so the more I serve him, the more I lift him up, the more I prioritize his assignment on my life and the life of my husband and the life of my son, the more breakthroughs I begin to see. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is the one who tests and knows the deep meditations of your heart. So today I want to encourage you to develop a heart of service, a heart that serves from a place of courage, a heart that can serve even when your life is looking jacked up and you're wondering why is all hell breaking loose in my life when all I have done is try to be good for others. Social media makes everything look luxurious. If you look at my social media, you're going to see all the great things that happened in March. You will not see all the storms, the trials, and the tribulation that it took to make those good things happen. But I want to encourage you today to not post your way up, to not Photoshop your way up, to not market your way up, because you really can't Instagram integrity or Facebook faithfulness. So I want you to serve. Because in the Bible, Joshua was a servant. David was a servant. Esther's desire to serve was what brought her before the king. Every person that God chose to elevate and promote in the Bible was first a servant. And we serve by doing right by our family, by doing right by our bosses, by doing right by our employees, our community, our church, our neighbors, our world. We serve by taking extreme ownership over anything entrusted into our hands. We serve by honoring those in authority. We serve by putting the needs of others before our own. God wants and needs to see you serve. He needs to see you serve before he can trust you with the blessing. That's the message today. I believe somebody here in the Easy Breezy Life needed to hear that. So whether you are so self-absorbed that you haven't learned how to serve yet, I want you to be encouraged to do more and be more. Whether you are serving and you feel invisible, I want you to know that this is preparation season. Your time in the light will come. Take this time to prepare, get ready, and be healthy. Whether you are in the season where you are running the race and you can't catch your breath, remember that the assignment is not about you. Prioritize your self-care, take care of yourself so that you can run your race with endurance, which is what I will be doing in the month of April. Because let me tell you, January through March ain't been nothing but a big old pizza and carb festival. And I am committing myself to getting it together and I'm enlisting the help of my brother-in-law because if anybody can whip you into shape, it's going to be a military man. So I want to role model the easy breezy life for you. To say that you might not know how to do all these things by yourself, but surely if God has called you to it, he's got help. He's got a person who is the answer to your problem. Look around, get off the phone, look into the faces of people, look into their eyes, because in your neighbor, in fellowshipping, which is really just maintaining relationships, right? Fellowship is a fancy word for maintaining relationships. 
In those relationships are the answers to the prayers you've always wanted, the fuel that is going to empower you to be of greater service, and the answers to your next level. Have a wonderful week. We will see you next week. And I want to encourage you to share on social media and on the Easy Breezy Life platforms the kind of topics you'd like for us to talk about. Because I want to make sure that every time you come on here, you feel affirmed. Now, every message isn't for everybody all the time, but I hope that you take at least away one nugget or two that can help you feel empowered for your day, week, and life. I love you. God bless you. And we will see you next time on the Easy Breezy Life. Thank you.